Welcome to the Styano Plastic Surgery Podcast with plastic surgeon JJ Styano, the only plastic surgeon in the UK who owns a clinic specializing in breast and body contouring. And it's been like that since what five o'clock. Um, anyway, you know I remember it from last year. I don't know if you remember. I remember it getting dark early last year, uh, and now it's happening again. You take it for granted a bit in the summer, don't you? But uh, anyway, winter's here. Let's uh, embrace it. It's Christmas soon. Um, so I've got some questions here. If you've got a question yourself, then please do not hesitate to uh, post it, and I'll do my level best to answer it. Um, I have some questions which have already been uh, sent in by our listeners. Um, and I'm Jackie's here. Good to see you, Jackie. Now, I've got a rather precarious setup with the phone because my tripod is broken. And so I'm balancing it on the computer. So I hope it doesn't fall off like it did uh, the other day. Um, how long prior to surgery do I need to stop smoking? I should say, I was thinking about this question, and I thought, I must say it's my view this, um, because everyone's got different views on it. But to be honest with you, most of the stuff I talk about is is my view, and probably someone's got a different view on pretty much everything I would imagine that I'm going to be talking about. So that's a disclaimer that c covers the whole, uh, the whole shebang, really. It's uh, a lot of this stuff is not written in stone. I guess that's why you're asking, because I, I guess if you Google it, I wonder what comes up if you Google it. Maybe that's why. Maybe that's why this is <laughs> so popular. Yeah. All right. All right. No need for that. Um, right. Um, so, I, I mean, ideally, well, first of all, it depends on the surgery. So, if it's having a mole removed or you know some kind of minor surgery with just a little, a little you know incision uh, and the wound's not closed under too much tension, then I wouldn't say you had to stop smoking. So if it's a minor procedure, I'm assuming this person's asking for a major procedure for like a tummy tuck or a breast augmentation. Uh, Lorena is in the house. Nice to see you, <laughs> Lorena. God knows where she is. She's probably in the supermarket or something watching this. Um, and um, so I'm assuming it's a bigger operation like a tummy tuck or, or something like that or a breast lift or augmentation or something like that. Um, so ideally six weeks before would be the ideal. Now, a lot of people would say if it's six weeks before, then um, that's going to mean stopping forever sort of thing, um, which is not necessarily a bad thing. And I'm not I'm not saying this to get people to stop smoking, although stopping smoking is obviously a good thing. So that would help your health. But the reason that we ask people to stop smoking is because the surgery that we do is always closed under tension. And if the wounds don't heal up, it can be very, very bad. And if you smoke, you're increasing the um, risk of the wounds not healing up properly because every time you have a cigarette the blood supply to the skin is reduced and you, you're increasing your risk of the wounds not healing up properly so it can be disastrous particularly in body contouring surgery which is what um, m most of the surgery I do GA procedure says Lorena okay so it's uh, yeah so it's a big big procedure so um, ideally six weeks before but the really crucial time I always tell people is from the day of the surgery to two weeks afterwards 
if you stop less than six weeks before you can get a cough and that can cause a problem during the surgery so really from the day of the surgery to two weeks afterwards that's the critical healing time so you really must not smoke zero smoking during that time now sometimes people will have um will say they've stopped smoking but continue smoking and there are surgeons who will do tests. We, we talk about this at our meetings and some surgeons will test patients prior, prior to surgery to see if they've been smoking uh, and cancel the surgery if they uh, is signs that they, they have been smoking. Um, we don't do that. And I try and get it on the patient's side type thing and say, look, you want it to heal up as well as I do. So I'm not, I try not to say to you, don't smoke, it's bad for you. I'm trying to say to you, you get a much better result if you don't smoke to the extent if you cannot give up smoking, don't have the surgery. So rather than saying, oh, I'm going to cancel you if you test positive, I'd rather say to you, look, honestly, if you can't give up, then I would um, not have the surgery. So certainly for a body contouring, tummy tuck, breast lift, um, arm reduction, thigh lift, one of those, you know, facelift that I do facelifts, but the same same. Uh, concept closing a wound tightly it's uh it's it's really bad basically so don't do it um particularly for two weeks after surgery um curly ellis bird hi jonathan i sent you a message recently i was looking for some advice please um well curly ellis i hope it's one of these questions i've got here um I'll read through the questions, Curly Ellis, to see if it's one of these. If it's not, then, then ask me directly. So what I've got is I've got, uh, I've done that one. Can I have breast lift and tummy tuck if I have factor five Leiden? Why don't we offer liposuction to the abdomen alone? Is it safe to have minor surgery when on Rakutane acne treatment? Uh, I have pain. Should I see my GP or the consultant who performed my surgery? Can we remove a cyst located on the upper lip? Do we offer warranties with our breast implants? Do we offer gastric band removal procedure? Those are the questions I've got on the agenda tonight, um, Curly. So if it's one of those, I will answer it. If it's not one of those, by all means, ask me or message me or something. Um, I am sorry, it doesn't say who who asked what questions, so I don't know. Although there is a column in the spreadsheet. I don't know if you're still there, Lorena. There is a column in the spreadsheet to say who asked the question which is not being filled in. So um, what can you do? You put the columns there, but that column, so I'm sorry, Curly Ellis Bird, I don't know if that was you. Sorry, it was more a uh, small problem, re-previous surgery, I sent it via Facebook Messenger. Um, right, okay, okay, well, can you, can you kind of outline what it was or, I don't know what happened if I log into Facebook while I'm doing this. Um, right, my thing is over. Um, Facebook Messenger. Right. Um, anyway, I'll do the other question, Curly Ellis. A small problem. What we got? So here we got Facebook Messenger. How much is it to remove a cyst on the upper back? That's not you, is it? Uh, Okay. Um, okay. No problem. Um, anyway, I'll have a look. I'll have a look. I'm going to do this while I'm while we're waiting. Let's let's not let's not keep the viewers on tenter hooks. Um, I've got to be honest with you, Curly Alice. I don't really understand Facebook that much. I haven't got. 
any anything from what looks like you on Facebook Messenger. Um, so I'm assuming it's a styanoplastic surgery page. Facebook Messenger, what we got messages, but not from any Sarah's. Tony, Marjorie, John, Jess, Alan, Chantel. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Here's Sarah. Right. It, here we go. I told you it a few years ago. And every so often I said, I'm going to turn Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Um, I have got it here. Um, coffee as well, but I'm nice. John said he sort this. Didn't. Oh, no. Anyway. Every now and then I get a horrible itch feeling internal within the front central area of my abdomen below my belly button. I can relieve the itch because I can't relieve the itch because it's inside below the surface. Numbing that area. It's returning again and driving me mad. I had this sensation on the occasion of two days. Today is the third day. Previously, it passes after a few days, but it drives me a little nuts throughout that time. Do you have any advice or ideas what it could be? Where to stop it happening or to relieve it? That time. So how far post-op are you? Um, but as I'm numb, I can't, oh God, I can't scratch it. I had a tummy tuck with a few years ago. Yes, I remember. Yes, uh, a few years ago. Um, well, that is, I mean, could it still be something? I guess it could still be something to do with the tummy tuck. But a few years ago, you're, oh, crikey, 2013. Wow, that's going back nine years. Wow, blast in the past. Listen, the first thing I'll say to you, Sarah, is you know, you can, I hope you know this, you can always come back to clinic to see me. So if you're worried, you can always come back, we'll have a look. But in general terms, an itch is not necessarily a bad sign. An itch is usually a sign of uh, an itch is usually a sign of um, healing. So it's usually in the early post-op period, itch is not necessarily a bad sign. It's just healing and it's totally nothing to worry about. But an itch like nine years later, um, let's just see where is it? With the front central area of Mabden, below my belly button. Hmm. I mean, could it be something else? Um, I, I, that, that's the only thing I'll be thinking. Could it be uh, oh, helpful? Thank you. That's kind of you to say. I mean, I'm not sure whether it could still be something to do with your tummy tuck. I'll be honest with you. Nine years post-op um, is quite a long time. But having said that, you know, come, I'll examine you. I'll see what's what. Um, you know, there's who knows? Who knows? Um, I will say it doesn't sound like anything worrying. So it doesn't sound like a worrying sign that I'll be thinking, oh my God, you've got to get that checked out sort of thing. Um, it, an itch, it might just, I mean, when you have a do a tummy tuck, the nerves are all messed about anyway. That's why you're numb. You can often be numb after a tummy tuck and get persistent numbness. Um, so everything gets pushed and pulled about and there's a lot of scar tissue underneath the skin. Uh, so it might just be something simple to do to that. Who knows, it could be something else going on there. Um, it's a, it's a strange one that nine years post op to have an itch. I would I would be wor not worrying. I'd be thinking maybe there's something else there um, rather than anything to do with the original surgery. But as I say, come and have a look. Come and come give get on the get on the blower or send us a message. Um, oh yes, yes I see Amy's coming. Yeah, I'm back tomorrow. Yes, I'm back tomorrow. So Amy's going to ask me about that, but. Um, that seems crazy so yeah it does seem a bit crazy doesn't it nine years after his healing I'm not so sure about that um but as I say I wouldn't be too worried about it but I would just um say oh, look at that. see all the comments there I would 
Oh, look, I can like the comments. Oh. I would, um, I would say, come and come and see me, and um, I'll have a look at it. But I wouldn't. But there's, there's no urgency, nothing to worry about. And if you do get itches in general terms, especially when it's a bit numb, I would say to try and rub rather than scratch because you don't want to sort of traumatize the skin and cause irritation to the skin if you scratch too much, you know, with your nails. So that can cause problems if you do have an itch. So try and rub instead of scratch, um, because we don't want to cause a secondary problem of, um, of the skin breaking down. Um, uh, noted, jolly good. Um, Sylvanas Diano. Um, Lisa Collins got a question. Hi, I have a question. Um, there, I have a question. Is there things you should stop doing to help during recovery of surgery, like stop smoking or drinking alcohol? Um, also, when would you think it's safe to drive after a breast reduction? So, um, I would say to you, uh, Lisa, the drinking alcohol is not a problem. Perhaps be a little bit careful in the recovery pay, uh, phase if you are taking painkillers like codeine type ones, cocodamol, coproximal, that sort of stuff, uh, you've got to be a bit careful with alcohol. But in general terms, alcohol is not a problem. Um, smoking is a problem. So yes, as I say, you really need to get healed. Minimum of that two weeks in the, in the post-op period, especially cyanic breast reduction. It is a um, complete no-no in the immediate post-operative period smoking to the extent that I would advise you against having surgery if you cannot stop smoking. So smoking is a problem um, for at least two weeks until the wound's healed and sometimes it takes longer than two weeks for the wound's healed, particularly the T-junction. So just get those wounds healed and, and I know what people say I'm so stressed because the wounds aren't healing up properly but you'll be a lot more stressed if you um, smoke because the wounds will heal up much more slowly. Um, and cause a lot more problems. Um, safe to drive after a breast reduction. Sometimes you've got to check with your car insurance people. Um, in general terms, I would say three weeks would be a normal kind of thing. Sometimes people are okay at two weeks, but it's very hard to generalize about everybody. So I'd say three weeks, you know, in terms of working and stuff like that, three weeks would be the sort of, um, you know, general is when people start driving again. Two to three weeks, but as I say, if you need to tell work, tell them three weeks, and then if you're okay at two, then you're then you're on to a winner. So that's that's my advice on that one. Uh, I'm not concerned at all. I'm sure it's fine. It's just annoying. I can imagine. Thank you so much. I'll arrange to come and see you. Please do. Um, yes, yeah, Sarah, it'd be nice to see you. Always nice to see my patients. Mrs. G, it's a good uh, Facebook name. Will micro tape be okay to put on a hole under breast where a stitch has come out? Um, I wouldn't, uh, Mrs. G, no, I wouldn't. I mean, will it be okay to put on? Well, yes. But um, I wouldn't because it will kind of seal it up. And if if a stitch has just come out, and this does sometimes happen with, um, well, I'm assuming it's a breast reduction or breast lift or something. Sometimes you get problems with, with um, stitches sort of popping out and it can leave a little open wound. You kind of want to leave that open, I would say, Mrs. G. And if you do want to put a dressing on it, then fine, you can get certain dressings that might be required. But usually it's just a little hole. And I would see it say fresh air on that one, personally. I wouldn't say micropore tape. Because if there is any ooze or anything like that, the microphone tape will sort of keep it there. So I, if there is a wet thing, you can put some gauze on. The gauze can sometimes stick. So you might put a bit of gelinet or some paraffin gauze be between the gauze and the skin to stop it from sticking. Um, or nothing. If it's not oozing much, then nothing. Um, and the, the, the often if it's just 
not a wound problem, but rather a sort of hole problem. It's more something to protect your, your clothes, protect your bra, rather than anything to sort of heal the wound. It's not, you don't need a dressing to heal the wound because the wound's just usually a little hole. But I wouldn't particularly put micropore tape on because it can, it'll get sort of a bit sort of manky underneath the tape. So it wouldn't be my first port of call on that one. But having said that, I think it'll probably heal up fine whatever you do. So I don't think it'd be a disaster if you put micropore tape on it, but it uh, wouldn't be my first one. Thank you for asking, Lisa. A bit late joining, no, 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 but hi, hi, Elaine. No, you're not, you're not late at all. I think we've only just started, it feels. Um, where we got to? We got to this one. Can I have a breast lift and a tummy tuck if I have back to five lining? Um, well, when people have other problems like this, I would always seek help from the... Um, specialist treating you. So whether this is a hematologist, presumably, for the Factor V Leiden, and I have treated people with Factor V Leiden, so it's it's fine. It's not a disaster having Factor V Leiden, but uh, Factor V Leiden is a clotting disorder, by the way. Um, so I'm sure it'd be fine. The only question in my mind whether we would be able to do them both, the breast lift and the tummy tuck in one go. Um, so because that will increase your risks so it might be that we'd have to split them um, but I would be guided by the hematologist on this to say you know are the risks greater by doing a longer operation rather than um, doing a smaller you know two 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 smaller ones you know they might say well two smaller ones is just the same or maybe even worse which is fine assuming you want it done in one go um, but I would suspect it would potentially um be safer to do it in two 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 goes uh, but if you do want it in one go a breast lift and a tummy tuck is a very reasonable combination of surgeries to do and surgically speaking would be absolutely fine and i would be guided by the um he the hematologist and i and i in the past i've certainly i've done breast reconstructions on people who've got factor five leiden with um big big ops basically you know eight ten hour operations so um it's certainly it's certainly possible um but it's just a question of you know minimizing the risks and so whether that that would be my only question whether it would be safe to do them both together or we'd have to split them um but yeah back to five lighting would is 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 okay we can we can we can, we can work with that um why don't we offer liposuction to the abdomen alone? I mean, this is just me mainly. Um, I have found that uh, liposuction to the abdomen alone in my hands doesn't give great results. I, it, it's good at the hips and the flanks, the sides, but it's not good at the central abdomen. Um, and I have, but having said that, there are a lot of people who are doing it. So it's not like it's a widely, it's like I said at the beginning, everything's on my opinion it's not a widely held belief there are people who do do liposuction to the abdomen and there are people who almost make careers of it um uh, particularly assisted forms of liposuction like vaser and what have you uh which say they cause some degree of skin retraction because that's my main worry in terms of the anterior abdomen you don't get a significant amount of skin retraction and if you don't get skin retraction if you get a bit of hanging skin well then that can be a problem um and it and it doesn't look great so that's why i steer clear of it uh, much as i love doing liposuction um i don't love 
doing it if it's not going to give great results. So um, that is just me personally, an area that I don't tend to uh, treat with liposuction. I would treat it with a tummy tuck, which is the best way to treat uh, a contour of the abdomen. But I completely understand there's a, quite a large group of patients who are not candidates for tummy tucks who just want a bit of contouring. Personally, I wouldn't do liposuction. I would put them down, I would uh, refer them to perhaps someone who does do an assisted form of liposuction, like vasor liposuction, to perhaps talk to talk to one of those uh, people who are doing the, the, the liposuction, which have got some energy associated with it. Um, or there are the non-surgical liposuction things like heat and cold and um, uh, radio frequency and all sorts of things where they just sort of, um, you don't actually put a liposucker in, they, they just deliver energy to the to the tissues and um, selectively kill the fat, if you like. So they're sort of not sur non-surgical. Um, um, I guess they wouldn't be called liposuction then, would they? They're lipo, lipo sculpturing. Um, <coughs> so I would refer you to um, one of those rather than the, what I do, because I do power-assisted liposuction, um, which means the machine goes backwards and forwards, or just simple suction-assisted liposuction, which just means this, the, the machine just sucks. It doesn't deliver energy to the um, to the fat prior to removing it. Um, so that's, uh, yeah. So that's just me. And again, it's a personal thing. I think there are, there are quite a lot of plastic surgeons out there who do do it. Um, is it safe to have minor surgery when on Roaccutane? Um, yeah, this is a thing, Roaccutane, isn't it? Um, there is certainly an issue with having surgery when you're on Roaccutane, no question about it. And you need to not have um, certainly major surgery on Roaccutane. Minor surgery, I am not so sure. Um, and again, I would be talking to the dermatologist or whoever prescribed the Roaccutane. Um, and it'd be one of those situations where it would kind of depend on what the surgery was for. Because in general terms, there is no question that you should avoid surgery if you're on Roaccutane. So if you can avoid surgery, so if it's something like a mole or, um, you know, something that's just a bit of a nuisance, but, you know, you've always disliked and things. I would say to you, look, if you're going to be off Roaccutane at some point in your life in the not too distant future, perhaps you should wait until then to have the surgery. But if it's a more pressing thing, uh, if it's something growing or a cyst that's getting bigger or something that you is a time sensitive thing that you really did want to have it now, again, we would talk with the dermatologist about it because it can cause um, problems with scarring and wound healing, having surgery while on Roaccutane. So, um, uh, I don't know a huge amount about it, but I do know we've had this before. And I remember when the person first answered the question, I would have thought I wouldn't have thought it'd be a problem. And then when we looked into it, it was a problem. And there was, you know, I think it was like a year or something, or six months or a year or something. You're supposed to wait. So it's it's quite um, it's quite a big deal having surgery on Roaccutane. So not to be um, taken lightly. I have pain. Should I see my GP or the consultant? Following previous breast implant surgery more than 12 months ago, if nipple swelling and pain is experienced, is it better to visit the GP first or see the consultant that performed the surgery? 
I would say that if you have uh, nipple swelling and pain in your breast, regardless of whether you've got implants in there, you need to seek help. Obviously, people um, with uh, breast symptoms need to seek help. So you need to seek help from someone. And it doesn't really matter whether it's your GP or your consultant who performed your surgery. If you are my patient, what I sometimes find is that the GP sometimes thinks, mm, could it be the implant? Oh, I'm not sure. Mm, you better see your surgeon things. So I would always say to you, if you are my patient, I would be very happy to see you. If you have a lump or, a, or some kind of symptom with your breast, because then I can say, oh, look, yeah, I think that lump is your implant or, you know, I think you need to get that checked out. And then I can write to your GP and I can say, look, I don't think it's the implant. I think there is a, a lump in the breast tissue or um, a swelling, you know, swelling or pain or whatever. Um, and I don't think it's associated with the implant. So then you've got that sort of out of the way. So um, my patients, I would say, come and see me uh, because then you can get the implant thing out of the way. Because when you have an implant in there, there's always that thing, oh, is it related to the implant? Um, but if it's difficult to see your consultant or if there's going to be a delay or what have you, then you do need to see someone. And I think it wouldn't be unreasonable to see a GP, but I think it's perhaps a little bit nicer if you have seen your, your consultant who have said it's not related to your implant. There is a breast uh, issue there. And so that needs to be get checked out. And, and what we'll often do is we'll write to your GP and say, look, I've seen this uh, this patient and the implant seems absolutely fine, but they've got a bit of swelling or a problem, pain around the nipple or whatever. So I wonder whether you would mind um, seeing them for uh, an opinion on that. Um, so, yeah. So if you can, I think seeing the consultant would, would be nice to get that out of the way. But if there's going to be a delay or whatever, then I, I think you could see a GP, but I, I suspect your GP would prefer it if you saw your consultant first. Can we remove a cyst located on the upper lip? I don't know if you noticed, but it's gone black, the writing on here. I actually preferred it when it was white. I don't know if I can change that, but uh, anyway, can we, uh, can we remove a cyst located on the upper lip? Absolutely, yes, we can. Um, absolutely no problem at all i don't even know why um why that's a question can we remove i mean i've always said we can pretty much remove assist anyway i can change this i can change that um we can remove assist pretty much anywhere um there are a couple of areas that um i still oh god find your love here Oh God, what's happened? Is this something I've done? Um, I do like comments on YouTube, but I'm not sure about those ones, but there you go. Um, let's stop. I was just trying to change the uh, text color. Yeah, text color. Oh, what's happened there? Um, okay. so anyway let's stop that yeah we can remove assist anywhere so on the upper i mean the problem with the lip is what's called the vermilion border which is the border between the pink and the skin 
that's the problem with the lip. You've got to be very careful that that's lined up properly. So, you know, it's not great to have a scar on your lip, to be honest with you. Um, a lot of people, when they have things, especially if it's crossing the vermilion border, if the lip, if the um, cyst is crossing the vermilion border, we've got to be a bit careful with um, how we remove it. Now, um, if we're not going to remove any skin, you could perhaps put a little scar in line with the vermilion in that sort of way. Um, which would give a nice scar and especially scars on the red of the lip heal beautifully because scars are usually a bit red to start with um, and so if they're red on the red of the lip it's fine but when it crosses onto the white of the lip it can be an issue so as I say if you're not removing skin you can put it in a line like that if you are removing skin we tend to put it like that which is in the sort of perpendicular direction because what you don't want to do is remove skin and then pull that vermilion up because that can look bad so if you're taking a mole off or something like that then you've got to be a bit careful around the vermilion because you don't want to um, you, you you don't want the, the the way the vermilion lies to be um, interrupted because the eye can be really drawn to that. So that is a bit different. But a, a mole is different to a cyst because a mole is a skin lesion. So a mole involves removing skin, whereas a cyst is a subcutaneous lesion. It's underneath the skin, so you often don't need to take any skin out. Sometimes there's a little punctum, a little hole associated with the cyst in the skin. And so you have to take a tiny little ellipse where that punctum is, but you don't have to take a huge amount of skin out. So um, that is better, but for sure, we can do it, take a, a cyst out of the upper lip. We tend not to do them intraorally. Having said that, having said we can take them anywhere inside your mouth. We tend to leave that to the Maxfax surgeons. Uh, I guess we could, but um, mucus cysts and things like that, uh, we would tend to leave that to the, uh, to the Maxfax people. Um, Susie's in the house. Good to see you, Susie. I'm hoping you are well too. Nice to see you here. Um, do we offer warranties with our breast implants? Well, the breast implants themselves, so it's a bit of a <coughs> confusing area this because the breast implants themselves have warranties. Um, so um, all the breast implants will have different warranties. It's a bit of a minefield. And uh, that's one of the reasons you'll find a lot of surgeons will just stick with one make because it can be difficult to know what's what with all the different makes. Um, so most implants these days um, have got, I think, have got lifetime warranties. Most of them have got lifetime warranties. The warranty usually covers the implant for rupture. And you often have to, if you, if so, if you do have a rupture at any point in the life of the implant, um, you can remove the implant and then you have to send the implant back to the company and they have to analyze it to, to confirm that it has been ruptured by um, uh, wear and tear or whatever, rather than being ruptured from the surgeon, you know, causing trauma when they put the implant in. So, um, but they all, they're pretty much, pretty much all of them are covered for um, rupture. Now, the warranties differ in that a lot of them will give you money um, towards the surgery and but the time frame varies so for instance some of them will give you um, like I think mentor don't quote me on any of this but generally speaking I, I think I think mentor will give you a thousand dollars or 700 pounds I might be wrong with all these numbers a sum of money towards the cost of the surgery if it's within 10 years um, and then you've got Polytech. I use a lot of Polytech. Polytech have got a two-year thing where they'll give you £1,500 per implant. 
if you get a problem within two years. So um, so some of them will give money that will go towards hospital costs. So the warranty of the implant just means they're going to be a fresh implant. They're not going to just cover the hospital costs, but some of them will give you some money towards hospital costs. <clears throat> As I say, Polytech's like £1,500 per implant if there's a problem in the first two years. Mentor, I think it's £700, I think, if it's for the first 10 years. Um, and I think mentor cover um, rupture or capsule contracture, I think. The Polytech one in the first two years covers quite a lot. So it covers problems with the implants, malposition, seroma, um, quite a lot of issues that could occur with the implants. So the, I quite like the Polytech one, I've got to be honest. Um, I think it's quite a good warranty. It sort of extends things for the first two years, which is quite nice. Um, and the hospitals will usually cover you for six months as usual uh, for problems. So that that when I say that that I mean cover you for all all of the costs if there's a problem if the implants aren't sitting right or if they're too high or too low or too wide or something like that then you won't have to pay if there's a problem with the first six months or as I say two years with Polytech. Um, but the um yeah so the implant warranties are there so then you've got to look at what the clinics do so we don't charge for follow-up appointments so if you have a problem five or ten years or 15 years down the line then you're welcome to come and uh and and come to the clinic and, and see us uh, but if you need surgery you will have to pay um as i say if it falls within the warranty of the implant and you want the same implant you might get a, an implant paid for but you will have to pay for surgery which is quite a lot of, of money let's be honest with ourselves um you know saying they'll give you a free implant is like nice but it's the surgery is quite expensive often when you have to have implants changed and the cost of the implant is only one aspect of it do we offer gastric band removal procedure no we don't put in gastric bands and we don't move gastric bands so gastric band uh, is what's called bariatric surgery which is weight loss surgery and that will be done by a general surgeon who will be who will specialize in bariatric surgery so general surgeons have a specialty with regards to the inside the abdomen in, in the stomach and, and what have you so that's their sort of field of expertise in the in the bowels and uh, and so they would be the people who would do gastric bands putting them in taking them out, bypass procedures, sleeves, all these sorts of things will be done by a general surgeon who is used to operating inside the abdomen. Um, so plastic surgeons don't do weight loss uh, operations. Bariatric surgeons do, who are, which, are, which are general surgery trained people who then go on and specialize in bariatric surgery. Uh, so bariatric surgery is a subspecialty of general surgery. We would then treat the cosmetic consequences of the weight loss um, as plastic surgeons. So, you know, tummy tucks, breast lifts and what have you. So uh, we would treat people once they've had their bariatric surgery, but we don't get involved in the gastric bands uh, and what have you. Well, it's nice to be back. I'm not a fish. Well, I suppose I am officially back. I just didn't have anything on today. Well, I had a call this morning, but not much. But I am back in clinic tomorrow. Um, so, oh, hold on a minute. Sarah's in. What you got, Sarah? Uh, I had a breast augmentation maloplasty. I've had some stitches come out and left tiny holes on the scar line. Will micro tape be okay to use? Who asked that? Look, Mrs. G asked that earlier. Will micro tape on 
YouTube, but I don't suggest you go to YouTube because there's some dodgy comments on YouTube, which I'll have to go back and see if I can um, remove. <laughs> but um, yes. Oh, maybe Sarah Gordon is Mrs. G. Oh, Mrs. G, Sarah Gordon. Did you ask that question? <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, I would say no. I wouldn't. Uh, I would say you can use it if you want, Sarah. But I wouldn't recommend. I, I wouldn't be using Micro. I don't think on the tiny holes. I would leave them open to the air. If there's stuff coming out, then you might need some gauze or something that you can just regularly change. Because the micropore will um, be like a greenhouse. It'll stop the stuff sort of coming out. So if there's a little hole, I would um, I wouldn't I wouldn't put micropore on it. As I said before, I don't think it matters what you do. So I, I think you can put micropore on it. I don't think it'll matter. But I hope because these things usually heal up fine, whatever you do. But if it is a little bit oozy and a bit, you don't want it getting like a stewing in the ooze, if you like. So I would just let it come out and just put some gauze or something to, to catch the ooze personally. Um, does previously having radiotherapy affect the implants? Yes, it does, um, Tony. It's better to do it that way rather than radiotherapying the implants. But if you've previously had radiotherapy, well, presumably to the area, so we're presuming you mean to, uh, to the breast area, um, then that will cause scarring, not necessarily scarring like you'd notice it in the skin, but scarring within the tissues. And the tissues are not as pliable and do not sort of move quite as well. Paradoxically, when people have had radiotherapy on one side and not on the other side, and you do things like implants, they actually prefer the radiotherapy side because the radiotherapy side often sits a bit more pert and doesn't droop or sag in the same way that the non-radiotherapy side does because the scar tissue holds it up now it does feel a bit firmer and it can feel a little bit uncomfortable and it can increase your risk of getting capsular contracture scar tissue forming around the implant um, so in general terms it's actually not a good thing for implants radiotherapy is not um, and um, and, it, and as i say it can cause asymmetries if you had radiotherapy on one side and and not on the other side and you're doing um, something like implants it, it can cause asymmetries between the breasts because one will not move as, as, as smoothly as the other one. Um, um, so yeah, short answer is yeah, it does. It does affect it, Tony. Thank you, Sarah and Tony for asking those uh, last minute questions. Um, right, I'll be back here next week, I guess. No holiday, no reason for a holiday or anything next week, I don't think. I think um, I will be here next week, almost certain. So uh, if you're here too, I'll see you here, same time, same place. Um, if not, we'll have a nice time next week. don't know what you'll be doing, but have a nice time doing that thing. Uh, if you've got any questions, send us it, send it in. Message on Facebook or, um, or Instagram or YouTube or whatever you want to message it on. Um, uh, or just ask me live and i'll be very happy to uh answer it tony thank you for asking good luck with with that with with, with whatever you're having done and um i will leave you to your evening and i will bid you um farewell and good night so i'll start the stream have a question not covered in today's show then send it over 
to info at styanoplasticsurgery.co.uk using the hashtag AskJJ. We'd love to hear from you.